Hello and welcome to the H in HR podcast, where people discuss the most important aspect of human resources, the human aspect. Now here is your host, Ricky Baez. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the H in HR podcast. My name is Ricky Bias. I am your host, and hopefully everybody had an amazing Christmas break. If you if you got some time off with your family, good for you. If you had to work, my hat's off for you as well. I know um, you remember back in the day where um, when I, I think like 30 years ago, I think, yeah, I think it was 20, 30 years ago, where nothing was open on, on Christmas, nothing was open on Thanksgiving, and then in the past 10 years or so, all these organizations are starting to be more open on Thanksgiving and on Christmas, and people get upset about it. But, you know, my thing is, even before 30 years, so let's say 50 years ago, right, the cops were still out there during the holidays, the medical staff... Um, just in Christmas Day, this uh, this uh, past um, weekend, um, we forgot we forgot to buy soda and went right down to the to the Wawa down the street. Publix wasn't open, I get it, but Wawa was open. Right, those poor folks had to work, but you know what? That's part of the job. If they people have to do what they need to do to make those ends meet, but hopefully everybody had a blast. And yes, this is the last episode of the year, and the guest that I have for the end of the year podcast is none other than Pete Newsom. Now, let me tell you about Pete. Now, Pete is the founding president of Four Corner Resources, which is a staffing firm here in Orlando, Florida, and he's also the president of uh, Zengig. Now, if you don't know Zengig, that's Z-E-N-G-I-G.com. That is a place where if you're looking for a job, you're looking for templates, for uh, for resumes, looking for uh, salary information, that is your one-stop shop. So if you're looking for a job, that is the place to go um, for you to get all the tools you need to really knock it out of the park in the interview. But Pete and I go way back. Um, um, I, I I worked for Four Corner Resources for a while. I was the director of people and culture for Four Corner Resources before I decided to take my organization full time. And uh, and he's a client, right? He's uh, he's a, a client of Biasco Learning, uh, and I also do a podcast with him. Is the Higher Calling podcast and the Finding Career Zen Zen Gig podcast as well. Um, but one of the things that I wanted to uh, to connect with Pete on is. 2024, this is the last episode of the year. The next time you hear my voice after this is going to be in the new year. And one of the things that I wanted to connect with him on has to do with what organizations need to do in order to be successful in 2024. I know a lot of podcasts do that, a lot of shows do that, but he's got some unique insight from a business perspective. And then together with the HR perspective, it turns out to be a great show. So without further ado, check it out. This is Pete Newsom. Pete, how was your holiday, man? It's still going. Is it? But so far, yeah, I think so. Yeah. So far, so good. We're in between Christmas and New Year's. I say we're right in the thick of it, don't you think? Well, we are. We are. I saw that. Uh, I mean, I don't know if I can share this or not a secret location. I saw you went skiing these past couple of days. How was that? I did last week. Went to Utah. Unfortunately, it was um, unusually warm. It rained, if you can believe it. So we were expecting snow, got rain, but 
Uh, We're Floridians, so plenty of snow on the mountain to keep us happy. So uh, it was all good. Well, you know what? So that, well, I mean, that's kind of crazy. I mean, as as long as you had fun, but if you go to Utah for skiing, and the last thing you expect is rain, right? So I get it. Trust me, we did that. That's a first. We we go at this time of year as often as we can, and uh, never have never seen rain before. But no, it it rained legit. Felt like <laughs> we were back home. All right. Well, and you are back home now, and now we are we are doing the last episode of the year. And the, and Pete, the one thing I want to talk about, right? It, it's I just want to talk about what are some of the things that business leaders need to do to be successful in twenty twenty four. I'm sure That's a lot so of easy. other podcasts are doing it, right? <laughs> but That's easy. We got yeah, it, well, right? There's no challenges ahead in 2024. <laughs> Nothing, right? Everything, everything's just downhill. <laughs> maybe not. No, maybe not. Yeah. Maybe, maybe not quite so much. So, yeah, well, well that's a great uh, subject to talk about. Lots of moving pieces and parts right now going into a, a new year. So let me ask you. So from your perspective, what is the first thing? Oh, you know what? Let's work from the bottom up. From the bottom okay. up, right? What is the number three thing from your point of view that the business leaders need to do in order to be just, just knock it out of the park next year? So, uh, wow. So I have to prioritize the three, three things and then, and then go from the bottom up. That's a math problem. Okay. So <laughs> I, I would say something that you and I've talked about already that I think is on everyone's radar. I hope uh, is AI. Yeah. You have to be prepared for how AI is going to impact your business, right? And you could say AI is interested. You may not be interested in AI, but AI is interested in you. So that is going to be a factor. It already is, but I think it's going to be a bigger factor. And um, I personally don't think we know yet how big of an impact it's going to have. We just know it's going to be huge. That is, I've never heard anybody put it that way before. You may not be interested in AI, but AI is definitely interested in you. Well, that, that's a play on a, a, a phrase. It's not a, necessarily an original thought. It's used in other in other contexts, but I think it, I think it applies to AI for sure. Well, when I mean, when you said it, it kind of made me pause because I'm like, that's kind of scary, Pete. <laughs> but ai is interested i'm gonna put that on a (laughs) t-shirt i just saw the movie the creator have you seen that yet no that's on my list it's good we watched it two nights ago but it you know it it, you you keep seeing these movies and we've seen them for years that show all the uh the 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 bad things that can come along with ai we know what the good you know it makes us more efficient um helps humanity uh you know be you know create more do more achieve more but there's a point where it could go too far. Uh, I don't think we're going to solve that on this podcast, but from companies heading into 2024, I think you need to be aware of how it's going to impact your individual business, whatever, whatever it is you do. So Pete, I got to say this for people who don't know Pete, I got to tell you, he is notorious for watching movies and grading them, right? He gives them a grade, right? So what do you give the creator? Well, Ricky, you, you know, this as that I only, grade movie scene in the, in the, the theater. theater. That's right. Right. That's right. So yeah. I, I don't really like to break that, but I would give it, um, I'd give it a seven and a half. Oh, okay. Cause yeah. that's on my list. I want to see that. I want to check that out. My expectations were low after the previews. It was better than I expected it to be. So okay. for, what, for whatever that's worth, it wasn't compelling enough to go see in the theater. And I see, I think I, I finished the year. We, well, we have a couple of days to go. We may go sneak in Willy Wonka, but I think 30, 31 or 30, uh, 30 or 31 movies in theater last year in 2023. So you kept AMC afloat all of 2023. 
yeah, actually, the the movie theater not too far from our house where they serve food and drinks. Yeah, yeah, uh, they come right to your seat. I think um, that's awesome. We, we should have earned VIP status, right? The, you know, get, yeah. just get your own theater, right? Um, so okay, so you're saying plan. Uh, so so just plan for AI, which which I agree because my third one is you just 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 use empathy, just empathy. Okay. Empathy, empathy, empathy. From because you know me, man. Actually, first of all, the name of the podcast is the H in HR, right? And from a human aspect, right, we have to have we. I believe we have to continue to use those human traits, you know, that kind of makes us human, to continue on helping humans do better in the office, do better at work, do better in whatever line that they're in. So I think if we have a leader that allows employees to kind of be themselves, right? Kind of be themselves within reason, right? And just let them exhibit those skill sets that we hired them to do and be empathetic with uh, with with everything that happens with everyday life, especially post-pandemic. I think that's a great thing to continue to follow. But especially if you're saying we need to plan for AI, which I 100% agree with you, I think keeping that human aspect is really important as well. Well, and that'll certainly come into play with the other things on my list, uh, or at least one in particular of that I won't give away quite yet. But you're right. I mean, when all the thing with all the things changing in the world right now, so we're coming out of the pandemic. Life has not and may never get back to normal. What we used to consider normal, working at home, yeah. being disjointed, you know, all the craziness in the media, and you know, we're not exactly. Um, you know, uh, as a country singing Kumbaya, you know, together around the fire all day, every day, like, like we maybe did in the past. This is a tough time yeah. to be in our society. It's a tough time to live and it's tough, certainly a tough time to be in the professional workforce. So I think empathy in a way that I never thought was necessary um, in the past, mm. right? I think you have to be understanding of people's personal situations, yep. which is something as an employer, I probably didn't subscribe to enough in the past, but I think now you have to be conscious of it. So that's a good one. Well, let me go to my second one then coming back up and that is better work from home policies. And I know a lot of people don't want to hear that, right? They don't. And it's what I mean by better work from, it's not that you have to adopt a policy where you just work from home. Um, I think with how the workforce is right now and everybody coming into the workforce, their training that they have, especially in college, because a lot of these kids, I don't want to call them kids, but a lot of these young adults who are coming into the workforce straight out of college, they went through school in a hybrid model. So they already have something embedded in their mind of what to expect. So I'm thinking an organization that employs a really good, comprehensive, flexible work schedule is the organization that's going to win. So if you were... If you were just had a clean slate and you were going to put together the office policy, the work from home policy, whatever it might be, what what would you do? What what would it be? A clean slate, well, a, a work from home, new, it, new business. Yeah, where a lot of companies are struggling with what they did in the past. They yeah. already have leases or or own office space. They have to take that in, into consideration. Um, you know, just setting a precedent. You know, they have they have to consider that. But if you were starting clean, what do you think the ideal working scenario is the ideal working scenario is now i will have two policies it's the corporate policy and the the and the department policy the corporate policy is each department has a flexibility to offer a flexible work arrangement that works best for them 
because yeah. not 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 every department it's uh, it it's 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 going to be able to work from home. For example, JetBlue, right? The pilots, at least not for the next ten years, right? <laughs> Give it some time. There'll be some kid who used to who grew up playing Call of Duty, calling people all kinds of names online who are going to be pilots, right? Drone pilots later on, <laughs> right? Right? Yeah. That thing's going off. So yeah, so um, I'm thinking that from that's you getting blown up on Call of Duty, that's the fireworks in the background. <laughs> that's what happens, right? Um, no, see, so I think from a from a corporate perspective that they sh- they should give the different department heads, um, tell them, hey, you have to have a flexible policy, but use one that works best for you, right? To me, that is the best win-win, right? You don't have to work from the office. You don't have to work from home, but develop something that's conducive to whatever your goal is in your department that, and this is the part that people forget, right? It's got to be beneficial for the organization, it has well, to. Well, sure, right? It has to start with that in mind. Mm-hmm. Well, people then, don't think that. <laughs> they like, well, what about they, me? Maybe, maybe some employees don't think that, right? Mm-hmm. But just, just like layoffs that we've seen so many of throughout the past you know, two years, and there's been so much on, on LinkedIn that we see uh, have seen in the past couple of weeks about employers laying off. You know, it, it's, it, 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 from an employee's perspective, and I'm generalizing this, if you look at the sentiment on LinkedIn, You'd think that any company that has laid someone off from Thanksgiving, you know, through the end of the year, is awful. Well, no company wants to do that, right? <laughs> right. They they do it because they've run out of money, and so they they need to to you know to change something. And that that's you, know, you can't just invent business that doesn't exist. So companies have to make those decisions. I understand why employees are unhappy with that, but I also understand that businesses have to operate with keeping the ship afloat in mind first, right? Yeah. It, it, I mean, that, otherwise there is no business for anyone. So uh, these are tough things, but as an employee, I think your perspective at times it, is just naturally going to be different than what the business leaders yeah. are, are looking at. No, I'm with you there. So, so what's your second one? So I'll say, are we still going from the bottom up or yeah. am I going back to no, okay. no, bottom up? Yeah. It's only three. <laughs> So plan for success. I'll, I'll, I'll take it in a different way. Plan for uh, an improved market. We, we're, we've all battened down the hatches, so to speak, over the past year. You know, everyone in staffing, which is my business, as you know, maybe your listeners don't, but uh, being in the staffing industry, when I speak with my peers around the country, very common theme throughout 2023, most started off the year really well. And it's just seen a decline throughout the year. And I think as Americans, we feel that, right? We feel it in the economy. We've seen rates increase throughout the year. That's not good. We've seen real inflation, real costs. My grocery bills, Ricky, are are triple what they were in January and February right now. Right? I mean, that's that those are real dollars. So forget what you see on the news. We're all seeing this firsthand and experiencing it ourselves. And so we've seen this decline. But and we've gotten used to it, but we have to, you know, plan for the other side. Things yeah. will get better. Rates probably will start coming down in the next few months. Businesses are going to start hiring again. You know, sales are going to start flowing again. So I think from a business standpoint, you can't completely disregard uh, what's going to be on the other side of that and, and plan accordingly. So prepare, plan for improvements. So it's, I was going to ask, can you expand on that? And you most definitely did. So I appreciate that. Um, you know, it's never a problem. For it's, me. No, <laughs> it's not. It's not. I get it. No, but can you, you say more? <laughs> <laughs> no, no one's ever said that. 
Well, I mean, because you, it, it's no, you're right. You're, it's I'm the same way. You know, when I'm on your podcast, man, I I tend to take us on crazy tangents, and uh, I still am, like I'm about to right now. So look, it, it's uh, so so here's here's how I look at it, right? Because to say an organization, hey, just be ready, right? Oh, okay. What does that mean? But you're right. You've got to, you know, it, it's we have to understand that, especially right now, right? Let's say let's say things. Let's go back five months. Let's go back to the summer real quick. Right. Things were still crazy. Money. I mean, it, it, it's inflation is out of control. But then you add the pressure of the holidays. Now I got to buy a turkey. Now I got to buy all these things. Credit card debt's going to go up. We know that. Right. And there's going to be some issues there. But the bubble is going to bust. But this is something that in a business leader from a personal perspective, they see that every day because you see it. I see it. We got to be able to translate that to work. We got to be able to translate that to to the organization with the understanding is, look, I see this happening in my personal life. I have to assume as a leader that my employees are seeing it as well. How can I how can I put something in place where my employees are? I'm just going to say where they give a damn about the bottom line so the organization can succeed because if the organization succeeds, the employee succeeds. Right now, some organizations don't do that. Some organizations, not not all, but just some, when the organization succeeds, they still lay off. <laughs> right, and, and we it's it's if if you're listening out there, layoffs better be the last thing on your list. Right, it has to be the last thing. But for planning for a pickup, that is crucial because some organizations they're like, ah, we got everything we need, everything's good, and then the uh, the iron is hot. You don't strike when it's hot. Next thing you know, that train left you at the station. Right? Well, the, you, you, to your point, the pendulum has been making big swings with uh, with staffing levels over mm-hmm. the past couple of years. So when COVID hit, yeah, business was going along well. The economy was humming along, hitting some great numbers. And then COVID hit, pulled the rug out from under us. And then we saw a big swing where unemployment was near you know, record highs, um, at least in, in our professional lives, right, yeah. uh, um, almost overnight. And then we saw it come back the other way, and now we're seeing it swing again. So I think from businesses have to anticipate how are their employees are going, how their employees will react when things start becoming good again. Because a lot of employees are not looking for a job, even if they're dissatisfied where they are, because there aren't many options out there, mm-hmm. relatively speaking. So companies need to be conscious of that. Don't take your employees for granted right now. I think that's the message. Just because you may. Um, they may be locked in in many respects right now, assume that they're not and then act accordingly because they're going to jump ship at the earliest opportunity. Oh, buddy. um, If if you don't. (laughs) So, you know, I'm going to ask you a bonus question here, right? So let's fast forward 40 years. What do you think the history books or better yet? What do you think business books are going to say about our time in April of 2020 through 2022 during the pandemic? It's not going to be favorable, in my opinion, yeah. on how we reacted, um, how we behaved, um, and then how we've continued to behave yeah. right? Uh, through, through, right through this. And, and the decisions that have been made, I mean, I think I'm not alone in believing that um, the economic journey the, that we've taken, the path that we're on, is not sustainable as a, you know, in, you know, as a country. So that that's a bigger problem, right? That, again, you and I are going to solve that. We're, we're no one can solve it. It's too late, right? In yeah. my opinion. Yeah. So 
40 years from now, while I can't picture it, I know there, I, I believe rather that there's going to be a, um, um, there's going to be a, sh- a, 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 a very large shift yeah. that happens. And, and what that looks like, I don't know. Right. We're all trying to, if, if someone had that crystal ball, uh, yeah, that, that would be a, an amazing thing, but it doesn't exist. So how long does uh, the federal government continue to kick this economic problem down the road versus mm. biting the bullet at some point, which is inevitable? And then and then can it even be solved if they do? Right. So economic considerations, I think, are going to drive um, business. Right. The the um, you know, the global economy yeah. in, in the U.S. economy, which drives the global economy. Um, that's that's going to be the biggest factor of all over the next four years and how we come out on the other side of it. So it, it's not it's a little off topic, I think, because I think individual decisions almost seem irrelevant by comparison. So we can't really look 40 years in advance. That could do us any good. <laughs> we have to get through the next year, two, five. And, and I don't think it's no. And, and I, I don't think it's off topic, Pete, because it, it's it's relevant to what's happening right now. One of the best ways an, a leader can be ready for 2024 is not to kick issues down the road, is to bite that bullet, to have that backbone, bite that bullet now and fix whatever issues is happening with the it's happening with the organization right now. Well, do you do you remember hearing uh, this? Is, this is really off topic, but it's on my mind when it, 20 years ago, uh, when I was, you know, early in my career and I was reading you know, about six you know, books about success and, and who's, you know, who's really doing well out there. We, we'd always hear about Japan, 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 Japan. They would say Japanese businesses look, they don't look five years in the future. They look 500 years in the future. <laughs> and it, it was so sounded so impressive and prophetic. What a joke that turned out to be, <laughs> right? Because First of all, Japan is an absolute train wreck economically, Um, and they're in much worse shape than we are, and it just hasn't been sustainable. So I think that um, while that sounds wonderful to look that far in advance, my personal take, given what is how rapidly the world is evolving, some for the good, some for the bad, we have to look, we have to have a much, much shorter view of um you know, to, to prepare for business and adjust accordingly. So so to you, it, it's your comparison, which is a good one, is what we thought of Japan 20 years ago and where they are right now. The only way I can compare to that is when I was in grade school, when Mrs. Anderson in, my, in the fourth grade told me I wasn't going to have a calculator in my pocket. You're wrong, Miss Anderson, 100%. <laughs> I got a whole production studio and an Excel worksheet in my pocket. So. <laughs> Yeah, you have the library of the you know the history of the world in your pocket, right? Uh, you, you, literally, you do. Whether it's right or wrong, it's there. You just have to make sure that it's right <laughs> and not well, and wrong. Who could have anticipated that? Yeah, well, I mean, not Miss Anderson. Clearly, <laughs> she, she missed it. She missed out. I, I I hope she's doing good. She was a good teacher. She was. Okay. All right. Moving right along. I got my number one. Right. All right. And my sure. number one, it, it's you know what, in in it's gonna sound hokey. I'll tell you anyway. I know I started off with empathy, and then I went with better work from home policies or more flexible policies. But at the end of the day, folks, you have human beings working for you. So focus on the human aspect. It goes along with empathy. Empathy is directly with the employees, but focusing on the H. Whatever policies you put in place, you got to make sure that there's a perfect balance between what's beneficial for the organization and what's beneficial for the employee. 
right? Because if you take care of what's important to the employee, the right employee is going to take care of what's important to you. And I say the right employee because there's some employees who are going to take advantage of your generosity. That's going to happen. Get rid of those. Don't keep them. Get rid of them as quickly as possible because... How do, how do you know? How do you know who's who? How do you know who's who's taking advantage? Yeah. Okay. I, I'll give you one example. One of the things that I did with my teams, right, is I gave them a project to do. I gave them objectives. And then I never talked to them again. Maybe if they had questions, right? Because I expected in two weeks later this project is going to be done, right? And I have to trust my employees to use the skill set that I'm paying them to use by leaving them alone, giving them the tools they need to succeed, and not be over the shoulder all the time. So let's say I did that with one employee. Wait, well, I'm sorry, with all five of my employees. Let's say three employees or four employees, they came, you know, come uh, deadline, I got everything. That one employee who gaffed off, did nothing, play Call of Duty with the brand new PS PS Five that uh, that uh, they got with your kid, and at the end of the of the uh, of the uh, two week time that I gave them, they just give me a Word document with a bunch of objectives. Yeah, that's the employee that's not going to be in my team anymore. <laughs> They're not right. That, that, I- I don't know the Bible story, Ricky, but I think you're quoting a story from the Bible right now about the master who gave his servants, uh, you know, three different amounts of money, and they they came back, and one had the money grow, and the other, the first two did, and then the third just buried it, uh, and and then came back and said, did nothing with it. Oh my God, you're right. I'm trying to think what what story is that. You're right. I, I, you know what, I'm I I was gonna try to look it up real quick, but. uh, um, I, I'm not that I'm not that quick. Um, right. But yeah, the the point was of that of that was that don't you know if you've been given an opportunity, take full advantage of it, right? Don't don't waste your gift yep. that, that you've been given. I mean, that's part of the the message. I don't want to get too deep into that. But to your point, the master was very very upset with the employee who did nothing, right? right. Who just buried it and said, "I didn't want to take the risk. I didn't want to take the chance because that employee wasn't as invested in the success." Uh, you know, and you want employees, I think this is what you're saying, who will do more than they're asked to do, right? Who will take the logical next step and, and, you know, make things happen for the business. So, um, you know, this is very, uh, sorry to to draw that line, but it just, I'll clear it up real quick, right? Because, because they are, it's, it's, I do not want an employee to do more than what is asked if I have to ask for more. I don't know if that makes sense or not. It does. Right? That's a good. I like that. Yeah. So if I have to say, right, I want you to do above and beyond, then you're already behind the eight ball. What you want to do as a leader is create an environment where your employees feel compelled to go above and beyond because they care about the bottom line. Those are the well, ones it, you want. Well, the argument for the from the employee's perspective is I can do that and there's no difference for me whether, uh, you know, as far as what's in it for me, right? right? There's no difference for me whether I do the bare minimum. And we've talked a lot about that over the past couple of years about quiet quitting yep. and that approach to work or doing as much as possible, right? Which in, by default would would probably be going above and beyond. And I think that's part of setting the tone on the employer's behalf, right? The employer has set the tone that sh- keeps the employees from feeling that way. Yeah. 
right? Where they know that if they do more, there's going to be benefit. Now, or do you think just employees should just be happy enough that they're doing the best job for the business? Because I, I personally don't think that's enough. I think there has to be some reward for it. So, so I'll say this: they, there are some employees who do exactly what the job, do, what the JD calls for. Right now. Am I going to say I love or I hate that employee? No, they're doing exactly what they're being paid to do. And that's fine, right? If 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 that's where you want to go, that's fine. Just don't complain when you, when, when you don't get that promotion. Right? <laughs> that promotion, yeah. Right. That promotion goes for the people who go above and beyond, right? But then there's some people out there who think, well, I should be promoted just because I've been here working for you. No, I'm paying you for that. Right, I'm paying you for that. If you want to that next level responsibility, that next level pay, you're gonna have to do something that you currently are not doing to show me you're ready for that. I, th- I think the challenge for employers and where employees uh, start to feel uh, frustrated is when they don't see a path, regardless of how hard they work. So if they go above and beyond, and they don't see that a promotion is possible, extra compensation is possible. Then they, you know, if there's no incentive, I think it's a failed approach, perhaps, yeah. to just expect it just because, yeah. right? Just because. So that would be my add-on to um, to what we're talking about. Is that's employer? It's incumbent upon you to show your employees what that path looks like, and then and then make good on it, right? Now, I, I would tell you that even then, it's still a challenge, right? Even then, it's hard to find employees yeah. who want to overachieve um, because there's there's you know, almost a negative stigma to, uh, associated right? with that these days. Right. Is it, it, it's, so thank you for saying that because it feels that way. It feels like if you go above and beyond, you're looked at as what now, not today, but 40 years ago, what a nerd would be, uh, uh, a teacher's pet. Per se, right? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> back then, back then, not 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 right now. Things have changed, right? Um, almost as the kid, if, kid, you know, my kids when they were in like middle school age, they would call that kid the, a tryhard. That was the that's what it was phrase that they yeah. would use. The one who would you know <laughs> when they'd have to run sprints, who would go you know <laughs> go hundred percent the whole time while everyone else is trying to just not get yelled at by the coach. What was that movie? Try hard, Rudy. Right, right, Rudy. Rudy. If anybody has seen Rudy, Rudy. that's right. Try hard. Yeah. What what was the uh, what was the the big line? My favorite line where the everybody's told Rudy like, "Not every day is Super Bowl Sunday, Rudy." (laughs) You're making us look bad. (laughs) Right. But but here's what we know, right? Well, this that that band we could talk. We could do a whole episode on that. On Rudy, yeah. On one hand, that's what allowed him to make the team. Right. That 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 just effort and grit that he showed and he, and he put forth, but the coach still wasn't going to let him dress out. Right. He, it took all of the rest of the team. So if you haven't seen Rudy, sorry for uh, uh, no, for whatever it is. A, it, that movie is way old. It's his statute of limitation have expired for spoilers. But, but the, if you remember, they had a coaching change and yep. the new coach hadn't signed up for that deal and wasn't going to let Rudy dress. And, um, that's a bad business, right? Because <laughs> you did all of it, and you you know there should have been a reward. And fortunately for Rudy, there was. Everyone wins, and it had a happy ending. But uh, he got to dress. Yeah. Got to dress out. He got right? to dress out. So, that, so that, and that's what he was asking for. You create your own opportunities, right? That's what Rudy did. But I don't. I think as an employer, 
you know, just like a walk on at a on, on a major college football team. I have firsthand knowledge of that because my son was a, a walk on at, at Florida State, as you know, and he was treated extremely well. If he hadn't, because you're not on scholarship, you're not getting the glory, you're not, you know, get. But they still treated him really, really well. That's cool. And I've always, I will always appreciate that on his behalf uh, because, uh, hey, you, you, you rewarded that hard work and effort. And and here's here's the message I want leaders to take away from this, right? It, it, it's you are going if you're going to go down this road and and make the environment conducive to be productive for any employee, employee, not employer. Um, It's, you are going to get some people who, again, will take advantage. There are going to be some things that you're not going to see a return on investment immediately, but that's, that, that's to be expected, right? If you go in and you change things the way they've always have been, you are going to have some percentage of people who are like, well, I'm not signing up for this. That's fine. There's the door. And now that sounds crappy, right? But this is where the organization needs to go. And I've seen way too many leaders in my time doing HR, Pete, that they were afraid to try new things. They were afraid to change things because they might upset the apple cart, right? Right. And then some organization, I think, wasn't it? God, I'm pulling this out of the air, but I could have sworn that's what happened to Kodak, that's what happened to Kodak. That's why Kodak wasn't as big in the uh, digital camera scene as Sony was because somebody went to Kodak and said, there's this new thing you guys should really be jumping on and this digital photography. And Kodak was like, nobody's going to want that. People love the physical aspect of developing their own photos. <laughs> and look at what happened to them. Right. Yeah. So not a good call. it's not a good call at all. And you know what? And hopefully now that I say that out loud, that is exactly how people are going to think of us during the pandemic in 40 years from now, <laughs> like how we handled it. You're right. I just answered that question. Full circle. Yeah. For me. Well, and now, and now that, that plays into what we talked about with AI as well. Yeah. Yeah. Right. How's that going to be looked at, you know, two years from now, 20 years from now, um, that genie's not going back in the bottle. We know that. Well, Pete, have you seen that? There's a great documentary about AI. You gotta see it. I, I gotta look. I think it's called Ah, The Terminator. You gotta see that documentary. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> it, it 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 it's a scary ending, man. It really is a scary ending. So for those of you, obviously, I'm joking, folks. Right? Well, well, we we, we were talking about the creator. That begins with a nuclear bomb going off. And uh, oh wait, wait, statute of limitation has not has not uh, uh, um, uh, come through for for that movie. I still got to see it. It's in the first five minutes. Got it. Okay. It's, it's, it's allowable. It. Okay. That's the rule. Ricky, everyone knows that universal rule. Got you. Roger that. <laughs> I just made up. Um, so what so, about you? What about so my, so my, I almost don't want to list my number three. See, we, you sprung. You're number one, actually. Five. It's going up. My, right. Well, yeah. my number one, which, which, because that's going to bring the mood down a little bit, but that is prepare for this slow market to continue longer. Right. So mm. we talked about, prepare for improvement, but I think we don't see a whole lot of signs of improvement out of the gate going into 2024. And so we as a business, look, it it's great to consider, be empathetic about the individual. You know, we were thinking of individuals and that is necessary, but you have to survive yeah. in order for that to matter. And that is what I see a lot of businesses dealing with right now. And I think should have to continue to plan to survive and take care of those employees that matter the most that are going to help you survive. You can't, it's okay. If 
It's far from ideal, but it's a business of reality that you may not be able to save everyone. So you better damn sure save the people who matter most. Got that right. And and for everybody out there shaking their heads thinking, we all matter. Let's be honest. <laughs> from mama's little boy, yeah, everybody matters. But in an organization, if you have to trim away some fat, you have to make some difficult choices. You have to make some difficult t- decisions to go along with what you just said, Pete. Which it's it's not bringing the mood down. It's actually reinforcing what you and I are talking about. Have honest conversations with your employees. When things are going well, never, ever, ever have your employees work with their guard down. Every every time. When I was at Sears, Pete, every time there was a layoff and my team was like, we survived. I'm like, don't do that. Don't do that. Right? We could always right. be next. We could right. always be next. Right? Myself included. Right. And I was right. It did happen to me as well. The best thing you can do as a leader and to plan for slow for 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 slow progression, a slow time is to be upfront and honest with your employees and let them know, hey, you know, we may have to make some difficult choices later on. I know nobody wants to hear this. Right. We may have to. That's going to do one really important thing for the people who are not cutting it. They're going to start thinking twice about either performing or jumping ship. Either way is good news for you. I, I've been on, you know, been through layoffs in many different ways you know, with my clients, you know, with our contractors from a staffing perspective. When I worked for two big uh, Fortune 500 companies, I had to make a list one time of I had to rank my employees. Actually, uh, you know, and, and knowing that some of them were going to get cut, I've, I've seen this through every possible way. And what I can say definitively is. No one enjoys it. No one mm. wants to do that. No one's happy that that's where they've ended that's up. Right. Um, but it is a business necessity at times. So businesses who have to go through it, who may not, hey, look, we may not be done with with the, the, the slide that we're in. That's really the message. So plan accordingly, right? And we talked earlier, plan to come out of it because that's going to happen. That will happen. It's just, we may, we may not be at the bottom yet. That's all. Mm. And so that's not fun, but it's necessary to yeah. consider. So, Pete, let's say this. Let's say this. So we we gave our three things people need to do, so uh, organizations need to do. So this time next year, next year, let's have another. I'm going to have a repeat. We're going to have this conversation, right? I, I'm going to put out, and we're going to compare to see how we did. But I got okay. one more bonus question for you before we uh, – we, uh, Okay, we, you didn't prepare me for this. this. I did not, All right? right? This show is going to air on Friday the 29th, the last show of the year. So okay. the NFL, the NFL playoff picture is, is, is kind of there, but I'm looking for a prediction for you. Who's going to end? Now who's going to win? Who do you think is going to end up in the Super Bowl? Oh, Ricky. I, I, have not, <laughs> I have not thought about that at all. I'm too hung up being a Florida State guy. Oh, oh yeah, I know, I know. Where – we're we're gonna lose to Georgia by 50, 50 points on Saturday. <laughs> I'll make that prediction. Since, Got it. Uh, our entire team has decided uh, to not play. Yeah. Um, I don't want that to happen. I just am worried. It will. I got you. Uh, who is going? You know, I I want to say the Dolphins. I'm thinking that gonna, too, man. I'm thinking that I, too. I, I want. I, I I love their coach. I love you know, the vibe of the team. You know, Tyreek is one of my favorite players yeah. in the NFL. I think he's amazing. Um. I like watching them. I, I think, I, you know, I'm going to say the Dolphins. Maybe the Dolphins and the, uh, I don't know. Uh, 
so that that's the only one I can pick. I guess, you know, yeah. I'll say Dolphins and Eagles, right? That's kind of easy. I'll say, are the Eagles still up, up, up top? I, I, I no, they won. That. They won. They 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 did they? Yeah, they did. They 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 won. Uh, I'll say Dolphins and Eagles. You think so, huh? What okay. do you think? I'm thinking Dolphins. I can't pick it. it, it it's you know because I <laughs> I saw these games that Mahomes dude. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a whole, that's a whole nother show. That's a whole nother show. But I'm thinking the Dolphins um, are gonna make it there. That's the only one I can predict. Like with 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 confidence, I think it's going to be the Dolphins. I don't know if anybody else that I and Mahomes that I can, is ridiculous. He may be the best, you know, single best player in the NFL right now. But I don't think any of us want to be subjected to nonstop Taylor Swift uh, <laughs> in the lead, lead up to the Super Bowl. No football fan wants that. She's she's wonderful. She's talented. She's amazing in her realm. We just don't we don't want to cross those streams too much. It's been I, I think it's we're too over late. It. <laughs> it's too yeah. late. Right? I, I would I would much prefer let's let's hear her on the radio. Let's see the football players on the field. Well, let's see what what NFL historians from forty years say about this season with Taylor Swift and Kelsey, and see what happens. So, listen, I get it. It's good for ratings, but yeah. right. bad for viewers. <laughs> I got it for the viewers. All right, so we're calling Miami. You know what? Forget it. Miami's going to win. Miami's Miami. Gonna win. All Miami's right, that's our win. prediction. That's our Sorry, prediction. Miami. Sorry for the jinx. Ah, they're all right. <laughs> all right. Well, Pete, thank you very much for your time, man. I really thank you appreciate for me it. On. This has huh? been a treat. Right. All right. We, we're going to do it again. All right, all folks. Right, next year. Have a good one. Drive safe. Good night. Happy New Year. Well, folks, now you got everything you need to be successful in 2024. Uh, no, seriously, folks. You know, it, it's it's. It's all good advice, but the advice is only good if you put it in place. It is. And I know it's easier said than done, but, you know, with a a little bit of a backbone, a little bit of charisma, a little bit of motivation for your team, you're going to be okay in 2024. Follow these tips and you're going to be good. Now, that said, again, this is the last show of the year, so please follow us or download us, like us, do whatever you think you need to uh, to show us some love or just give us some feedback on the H&HR Podcast. You can find us on iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Apple Music, Player FM, Audible, Amazon, Spotify, all those places. If, if you're able to download a podcast, you'll be able to find us as well. And if you need staffing needs, if you need a good recruiter, Check out Four Corner Resources. Just go to go to fourcornerresources.com. That's the number four cornerresources.com. And if you're looking for um, uh, career advice, all the things you need, go on zengig.com. That is z-e-n-g-i-g.com. Or if you want to just reach out to Pete, right? Pete is the founding president of both organizations. You can find him as P Newsom. That is the letter P N E W S O M E at fourcornerresources.com. So, folks, that said, it's about that time. Thank you very much for listening. I really appreciate it. See you guys next year.